0: Before we begin, why don't you take a nice deep breath and let it out and relax. For many of you who are not listening in my time zone, it's already been a long day. Let's breathe and allow our energy to settle down for just a moment for this this time that we're sharing together. And even if you're downloading this show and listening to it later, take a nice deep breath and breathe. Connect into the earth, the spirits of the land around you, the great spirits of the land deep below you, and the spirit of this planet. And let's take a stand here today. Let's take a stand as humans and call out to our ancestors, all those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in your ancestral line. Let's leave that which is unresolved today and just reach out to those who lived their lives in a way that they drew the gifts that life offered them, whatever those might be, and unwrap them in whatever way they could. To draw from life the richness that allowed them to bring their unique soul's purpose out in their life. Let us call out to those ancestors to be with us here today to stand round us. It is on their bones that we stand. We ask them to help us to stand up for ourselves today. Help us to be here to hear and to speak and to be present in a way that allows life to unfold in the best way possible. We call out to those ancestors that we might be here today in a way that is good for the generations to come. May we know something today we didn't know before that might touch the next generations, that their lives are a bit fuller, a bit easier, a bit less challenged by the confusion of our days. We call out to those ancestors to gather round us and help us to reach deeply into the earth, to call up to that deep and most ancient ancestor to be with us here today, to share with us the wonder of her dreaming and the possibility of life here on this planet. May we all reach out of the mundane patterns of our everyday day, be infused by the power of the earth to manifest, and step that much further into the possibility of creating our dreams in this life. And let's do it now while we still have time to enjoy the fruits of those labors. So we call up to the energy of the earth to bring to us her wisdom of manifestation and let us be here together in a way that we know our belonging, our home, our connection, our groundedness to this planet and to each other and to our ever-growing awareness. This is a very, very small, exquisitely beautiful and magical place. We need to take care. Let us call up to the energy of the sky to bring down the true energies that come from above of blessing, those energies of generosity, those energies of protection, those energies that bring to us the benevolence of this universe. Let us call it into our time here today. let it call it into our circle that is non-local, and if we're lucky today scattered around the globe, the wonder of the Internet. But let's call these energies into cyberspace nonetheless. It's already been named in science fiction. So let's do it. Let's call the spirits in to this non-local community we form around this gathering here today to talk about the gift. So we call in the ancestors. We call up the earth and down the sky. We create a space around us to hold us well that we might open our hearts and that we might risk today feeling the true passion that burns in your belly and call it up into the heart. Open your mind of all the weariness of the day to think a new thought why am i here and open to the answer and draw that into the heart so the passion of the belly and the clarity of the mind can merge together in the heart and reach out today as we go forward each and every one of us to live our soul's purpose so we call in these energies to be around us here today that we might talk about receiving the gift life is so generous a giver but we judging its gifts by the covering cast them away as ugly or heavy or hard. Remove the covering and you will find beneath it a living splendor woven of love by wisdom with power. Welcome it, grasp it, and touch the angel's hand that brings it to you. Everything we call a trial or a sorrow or a duty, believe me, that angel's hand is there and the wonder of an overshadowing presence. Life is so full of meaning and purpose, so full of beauty beneath its covering, that you will find earth but cloaks your heaven. Courage, then, to claim it all. That is all. This is from Fra Giovanni. And it's a wonderful old, old poem about grasping the gift of life. And so the challenge with the gift, and you'll find the, this idea of receiving the gift in many, many, many world traditions if you look at their mystical practices, that it's not in the everyday mundane religious teachings as much as it is if you reach into the mysticism, into the piece where it speaks to you, not what you need to believe and repeat and do over and over again the same way, not so much the ceremony of the religion, but in the ritual, in the practice, in the what do you do daily to become more alive in the world, more a manifestation of whatever your spiritual teachings are. And this idea of receiving the gifts reaches way back. It's found more commonly in, in Taoism and Sufism and some of the earlier forms of what are now the world religions, and of course reach all the way back into shamanism. Why? Because What is central to the shamanic cultures, as we've talked about week after week now, is that understanding, not belief, experienced understanding of the reality that all things are connected. Part of the beauty of our time is science can do the math for us and prove to us that that is true. But the math doesn't matter to me quite so much, although it satisfies a certain part of my brain. It doesn't matter to me quite so much because the bigger challenge is what do I do about this truth? How do I live it? It's a very challenging truth, this, this understanding that all things are connected. Everything affects everything. Every thought, every word, every deed of my entire day matters. And that's just one day. And I've been around for a while. So everything is connected. All things are one what does that mean that means if i believe that love is at the essence of all things which i do not human romantic love or frankly any of the loves most oh phases of humanity have defined parental love child love brother brother sisterly love collegial love all those different loves not so much that but a much grander sense of love. I think, as I've said before, we can keep smashing those particles and smashing them and smashing them, and we're still going to find smaller and smaller and smaller bits of exactly the same thing. We're going to come to understand that that energy that binds everything literally is this this grand grace, this loving life force presence. So what am I going on and on about? I'm going on and on about the fact that that is what we are made of, and that is what we are here to live And that is what can be expressed through our thoughts, words, and deeds. Now, we find that easy on a beautiful day. I'm here in Oregon. The berries are ripe. If you've never had a Bing cherry in your life, you have not yet lived. It is exquisitely beautiful. The sky is blue. There's a lovely breeze. The earth is abundant with food and berries and flowers. It is gorgeous. you, You can't miss the fact that life is a blessing and you are a miracle. But at the same time, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world that's very painful to my heart, very painful to your hearts, I'm sure. I walk down the street and every day another business is closed and another person has lost that capacity to express their dream in the world. There's still people going to wars I don't necessarily believe in. There's stuff going on all over the world that I don't like. Big stuff, little stuff, it hurts my heart. But it is part of the oneness. I understand the gift in the Bing Cherry. It's easy. I have to work to understand the gift in that body that just got sent home from a war somewhere in the world. Or from that child that just got shot down on some street in America. I have to work to find the gift in the things I don't like. And that is the gift that will transform me. The Bing Cherry is easy. The smile on your child's face is easy. The love you have for those people you already trust, you already feel comfortable with, it is important, but it is easy compared to finding that place to be able to be in oneness with those things today that made you angry those things today that broke your heart, those things today you do not understand and do not want to share the world with. Have you ever met a person you just thought, oh, that person is a waste of air. You don't want to share the resources of this precious planet with this person. They are simply toxic. That person is our gift. These tragedies are our gift. And I don't mean it in a simplistic way that all these hard things change our life. I don't mean that because, you know, people experience a lot of hard things that don't change them very much at all. What I see in the mystical teachings in world religions, but for me more directly in shamanism, because for me shamanism is just easier to access because of the direct help of the helping spirits, that direct revelation through the shamanic journey that every single one of us has the capacity to develop. It gives me a way to begin to explore the gift in the things that are hard to see that gift in. But I know I am connected to them. I know that they exist in my world because I need them to. I need that gift. They are a reflection of what is within me that I have not yet owned. And so there's a part of myself that I need to know. And the only way I can know that part of myself is to see it reflected in the world around me. And the parts I don't want to know, because I'm afraid of that power, or I don't like it for some reason, are the ones that are the hardest, the hardest to find. So these are the gifts we're talking about today, is how do we... Go through the day, no matter what the day tosses at you, and live in gratitude for the gifts, those that are easy and beautiful and delightful, and remind me, oh, life is such a miracle, such an incredible miracle to be alive and to share it with such amazing beauty in nature, in people, in the actions many, many people take all around, and how to share my day and find the gifts and the things I really wish it weren't here. So this, to me, has been the power of shamanism, is to give me really easily accessible tools to unwrap the gifts. So there is a shamanic side of the fence, which is working with the spirit world to try to understand the true nature of things, to be able to speak to my own helping spirits and have the revelation, the the clarity, the hard answers coming back to me so that I can understand what it is that I'm working with. But the other aspect that the cycle of transformation offers, so the shamanism that I offer, is drawing out of these world traditions the personal work. How do I personally notice the gifts for me in this day, especially when they're disguised in funny wrappers? And how do I unwrap them? How do I understand their message? And once I've done all of that, What do I do with it? How do I allow it to transform This is what we're talking about today. So in our break, please email a friend, connect them up to our network of people listening to the show. Please continue to share the show with your friends and loved ones and come on back after the break. Thank you all very much for joining us. Welcome back, everyone. you're listening to Why Shamanism Now, and today we're talking about receiving the gift, and I'm your host, Christina Pratt. Please do feel free to call in or send an email. Okay, so for those of you that are going, oh man, she's not talking about this again. (laughs) Um, Why am I bothering? Well, there's a couple reasons I'm bothering. The main reason is, um, well, because this is the topic Spirit told me to talk with you about today, so that's the main reason. But this is what I observe in my practice. So I've been practicing shamanism. That's pretty much all that I do. I it's not my you know, side act. It's my day job for 20 years. Okay. So there's a couple things that I notice in my students, especially my most um, advanced students, those that work most deeply in the work. What I notice in them is that they do not get tripped up in the advanced shamanic work. They do not get tripped up in the challenging, shamanic parts of it. They trip over themselves. They trip over these basics. They trip over the willingness to dedicate their life to trusting that life is the greatest teacher and unwrapping the gifts. And trusting that life has the right timing, you don't. Life does. And that it is always giving you exactly what it is that you need to be to be transforming in this moment. And it is that humility, that humble trust, and that willingness to keep going back to the basics, because these are the basic skills of life, that trips up my most advanced students all the time. And the main reason in the 20 years I've observed that people don't do this is that it requires that you heal your heart. Yes, that's all. Just your heart. Just the most important thing going on in your entire life is your heart. And it's the willingness to unwrap the gifts of life and all that that does for us and how that transforms us that helps us to heal our heart, that we might be more loving in our life, more passionate, more ferocious in our love for the world, for ourselves, for our people, for our purpose, whatever it is. The other thing I notice in my client population is is interesting in that I think that in America, my, my experience in America, I don't think it, this is what I observe in America is that there is a great deal of what I would call psycho-emotional um, unwellness. It's not illness. It's not something we could diagnose, but it's an unwellness. It's an un, un. It's a lack of well-being psycho-emotionally, and I believe that it is the result of our core operating cultural system. I don't think it's a person's problem. I think it's just the the net result of living as a contemporary Western person without questioning aspects of that reality and what happens over the years as that pattern of approaching the world goes uninvestigated the gifts go unopened and life just keeps hammering away at you trying to give you these gifts with more and more insistently is that mental unwellness begins to dig in and become a kind of mental illness that sets in in for some people in their 40s for some in their 50s and their 60s but sets in And it becomes harder and harder to transform. So when we speak about the gift, I don't really believe we're talking about something extreme that anyone should be doing. I think this is part of the plan. I think this is the design that we live an investigated life. We don't have to go following masters around the world, traveling to foreign countries. We don't have to do anything extreme. Life is always right here teaching us. And the whole idea of receiving the gift is about simply being willing to receive that teacher. So, given our enormously over-agitated, over-informationed, over-stimulated American lives, what's a gift and what is just noise? You could not possibly process all the things that come into your life in a day and treat everything as equal. So how do you know what to pay attention to? What's a gift and what's just Stuff floating past so what we do in our work is we look at first off the simplest thing is what are the things that occur in your life with people with yourself with organizations with situations that push your buttons and the thing about button pushing is we usually only notice the people that ramp up the people that get frustrated or agitated about things but understand those of you who shut down that is also a button being pushed. Anything that overexcites you or underexcites you relative to what's going on. In other words, you're no longer engaged appropriately with what's going on. You're either overreacting to it or underreacting to it. Whatever that is that caused that over- or under reaction is a gift. It just hasn't been unwrapped yet. Any patterns in your life that you notice. And the patterns can move around. It can be a pattern of um, a particular kind of relationship you get into at work, and then you might find you're in that same relationship with bacteria in your body, like sinus infections and you know, hosting an entire colony of little beings that are living off your energy, and you're the person at work whose energy everybody else is living off of, or maybe in your family of origin. So patterns can show up in your dreams, in your love life, in your work life. But the thing is to stop engaging so emotionally and reactively in the details of your life and to reflect on your day at least once a day and look for the patterns. The other thing is projections. That people, we always, we're constantly projecting what is true within us out onto other people and other experiences. The simple discipline of noticing what you're assuming is going on on others and applying that to yourself is another place to find the gift. But the other really important place to notice it is where you are blaming or shaming, either yourself or another. This is another place of a gift. Wherever you are blaming something for creating something in the world, that is a big sticking place. Because when we blame another, our destiny turns away from us. It is a critical gift then to unwrap. It usually shows up in our life like a great big boulder. And we're so sure it's the other person. Right? Okay. So now these are things, these are aspects of connecting to what's the gift? What do I notice? How do I know what to work with? That are pretty available to everybody. As we move into the cycle teachings, there's four more. In the cycle teachings, we learn to look for what we call the heart addictions. These are four main addictions that we can catch ourselves in and then work back to the healing of the heart from the addictions. It's a little bit hard to explain on the radio, but the addictions are pretty universal. Addiction to intensity. So that's every single one of your substance abuse addictions, food, sugar, um, alcohol, caffeine, extreme sports, extreme sex, extreme anything where you're heightening the intensity of your life. Um, addiction to the need to know, addiction to perfection, and the fixation on things that aren't working. Noticing these addictions is another place to notice there's a gift that wants to come into your life. In our work, we also look at noticing when your own shadow energies are arising. These are you acting not out of the moment, but acting out of fear. The next step beyond this is noticing how the archetypal energies in our life, like the warrior energy, has shadow manifestations in us when we're not willing to step up to the warrior energy. So the shadow, uh, shadow energies of the warrior, for example, are the rebel, uh, the disciple, things like that. The shadow of the healer, for example, would be the martyr and the addict. Shadow of the teachers, the righteous zealot. So these, these archetypal energies that move through us have shadows as well. And so we learn to work with those and unwrap those gifts. And finally, with all of having learned to work with all seven of these ways life is tossing us gifts all the time, we start to simply look, because after you've done this work over and over and over again to unwrap these gifts, you start to get a, a sense of the theme of your stories. What are the stories I drag around from with me from the past that overlay on the, on the present? and keep me from engaging in what's really going on, because instead I'm playing out a story from the past, whether it is or isn't appropriate in the moment. And so the final way of unwrapping the gifts is just recognizing when our story is in play and that we're not engaged with what's really going on, we're running a story on ourselves. So these are all the ways you notice. And then the next thing that we need to learn with each of these ways of noticing is how do you then engage with that energy? How do you unwrap that gift? And these are, this question is probably the primary reason people choose to come and study with me instead of another shamanic teacher, because this is an aspect of what I offer in the life skills and the skill set at Last Mass Center. How do you unwrap each of these gifts life is offering you, and how do you interpret the message? For example, let's say I was out uh, grocery shopping today, and someone cut right in front of me and treated me as if I was invisible. So I felt that I was treated as if I was invisible. And so the discipline is for me to find a comfortable place to be with myself and to ask myself, how how internally am I treating myself as if I am invisible? What is going on within me where some aspect of myself is treating another aspect of myself as if it's invisible? So let's say that the person that likes to get things done is treating the visionary part of myself that needs some time and space to be creative as if she's invisible and ignores her many signs that you need to turn off the computer and go over into your journey room and spend some time journeying and dreaming and envisioning the future. So I would find where that dynamic is going on inside of myself, meaning usually what chakra, how that energy is held, and then there's a whole other set of skill sets for how do I clear that energy. And then the final piece of that is how do I receive the message that I find through that work? So this is the work that you heard people talking about last week as they talked about why the cycle was so valuable to them because it teaches us the skills to unwrap the gifts that come in very, very funny, strange packages. So we'll continue talking about this as we go on with our afternoon here. I hope you all will come back after the break and join us as we talk about strange packages and the guest house. Thank you all for being with me here this afternoon. Welcome back, everyone. This is Why Shamanism Now, your host, Christina Pratt, and we are talking about receiving the gift. So the main reason that people don't receive the gift is because of a certain thing about how we are which is that we get into patterns and we stop noticing things. Now, this is not rocket science. The body does this. For example, if you have a big injury or a wound and you have big pain signs flashing, eventually you'll kind of numb out to that and you won't necessarily feel it anymore. So it's one of the body's ways of coping that you might find something irritating, but if you look, overlook it and overlook it and overlook it, eventually it becomes a pattern in your life and you don't notice anymore. So this is why the key in all of these traditions for opening the gift, receiving the gift, begin with noticing the gifts themselves. So taking some time in life to reflect on the day and notice What are the stones you tripped over? It's the most beautiful way I've ever heard it described, simple Taoist term. What are the stones you tripped over? And to go back to pick up the stone and turn it over and to see what's under the stone. And as most of us know who picked up stones when we were kids, there's usually bugs and crawly things under there. So there's stuff for you to look at under the stone. So the main reason we need to do something, we can't just let life do this to us, is because The patterns of how we are become familiar and we stop seeing. And this is the main reason that mental unwellness eventually crustifies into patterns that become a mental illness and to begin really generating brain chemistry that becomes harder and harder to get out of. And so start looking. Just take some time at the end of each day just to review the day in and of itself. What did I trip over? The other thing to shift out of is this idea we have: If I go take this workshop, I'll learn this skill, and I'll fix that thing in my life and it's a It's an idea of fixing versus living. And this is the thing, and I I did the same thing too. Once I found out about the whole fact that you've got issues from your family of origin and you carry that in your body and you can learn to do clearing techniques and clear that work, and I had this idea, well, eventually I could just clear all that stuff out of my body and I would be fixed. And then I could go forward and live my soul's purpose absolutely undisturbed by any of the dysfunctional things that happened to me in my life. Well, it was highly motivating at the time, and it got me to the next step and the next step. It's not a bad place to start, but it's just a starting place. It's just a motivation that gets you off your butt. But the truth of the matter is to live an investigated life, is to live a life where you're opening the gifts as a way of life, not because if I open this gift, I'll be done, I'll be fixed, but because life is exquisite. So I'm going to share one of my favorite poems, The Guest House by Rumi, who's a Persian poet. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your home empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the sham, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So our guests, our gifts, come in strange packages. And the thing that usually arises that keeps us from recognizing a gift for what it is is our own internal system of judgment, our own little... Set of likes and dislikes and what we value, what we don't value, and what we think is good and what we think is bad. And the most helpful piece that I receive from a teacher around that is to move into a place where instead of thinking about whether I like this or don't like this, to say to yourself, isn't this interesting? I'm a person who basically in this moment likes this or doesn't like this. And it allows us to not be so identified, not so stuck, not so reactive to our judgments, but to begin to observe them. And once again, we're back to what I just said, which is all of this ability to unwrap the gifts of life begins with our willingness to step back and to notice, to step back from the fray of reacting to everything and thinking we know what's going on and thinking we are accurate about what's going on, to step back and reflect, to notice the patterns in things, to notice what we've just tripped over, to notice, isn't it interesting? I'm a person who's really frustrated right now with this gas pump, (laughs) or whatever it is. The other thing that we do that comes in this sort of category of judgments that keep us from paying attention to the gifts is we often say, well, it's just the wrong time. Well, as Rumi says in the poem, they're all unexpected visitors. They're all unexpected visitors. Guess what? Life knows what the right timing is. We usually don't. The other thing is it's always the wrong person. right? It's always the, the message we most need to hear is coming to us from the wrong person, and thus we miss it because we have judgments and our ears are closed. We don't want to be vulnerable to that person, that place, that thing. So these, this, this judgment of rightness and wrongness is another reason we miss the gifts. And so what's important in my practice and this has happened in the very, very beginning, actually, before things were even formally organized into shamanism, to the extent that shamanism could be formal, but anyway, before the helping spirits, I would say, is an understanding that each one of us has what I call a truth cord, which is a line of truth that extends from the highest power of the universe through us to the center of the earth. So the truth, then, is defined beyond my humanness, from above and below, And this chord is like a string on a stringed instrument and needs to be tuned so that it resonates. And the job of this string, this chord, is that it resonates with the truth, no matter the source, no matter what the truth is and whether or not I like it, so regardless of my judgment, and no matter the ramifications of this truth on my life, and that is one of the hardest ones for us to receive, is a truth that we're sure is going to ruin everything. Change everything. Make my life unrecognizable to me. Nonetheless, the truth is important to know. It doesn't mean anything other than this is the truth. What we choose to do with it is a whole process. But we need to hear the truth. We need to know the truth. The truth cord runs through our mind and our heart and our belly, so it's running through all of our primary energy centers. And all of these centers then resonate with the truth and help us to understand our intuition. So the truth cord is critical if you're going to begin to open the gifts in your life. The other thing then that we work with as we begin to open the gifts is we start looking at our attachment to the future. Our idea of what can or can't or should or shouldn't happen in the future um, often keeps us from unwrapping the gift that's present for us right now. I cannot tell you how many times I've watched clients again and again and again come to me with the same message coming to them from their life, same gift trying to come, many different messengers over maybe even a two-year period. And they keep saying, well, but I need to go study this. I need to go do that. And and my job is to keep saying, no, you need to unwrap this gift. It's back again. You didn't open it last time. So this idea that I have a better sense of what's going on in the future, I know what's right. It's like, you know what? My strongest truth in my life was that my soul's purpose was to choreograph. This is a better path for me that I'm on now as a shamanic practitioner and teacher. I had no idea. I didn't know. I thought I did, but I didn't. And so the point is to let life bring these things to you and not think you understand everything about the future. And similarly, we must get out of the fear of the past. And the gift is always the gift is always a new version of an old fear. It's always something that's helping us to go back to an old fear until we finally draw that into the love of our heart and bring that fear out of the place we hold it in our body in fear and let it simply flip over into its true nature, whatever that might be. So there's a nice um, piece here from Goethe about judgment. It is easier to perceive error than to find truth, for the former lies on the surface and is easily seen, while the latter lies in the depth where few are willing to search for it. And remember, Fra Giovanni said at the end courage then to claim it, that is all. And so they're all speaking of exactly the same thing. It takes courage to look at yourself, and to open the gifts life offers. But what a beautiful practice. If that is alone is all you ever took from these radio shows, that in and of itself would be an invaluable gift, and free. It's just you, and your life, and the courage in your heart to open the gifts being given to you, that you might become the person that you've come here to be. It can be that simple. But granted, you know, in our public school system or private school system or whatever, we don't usually teach people these skills. So you may need to learn some skills to open the gifts and understand how to interpret them and how to apply them to your life. But beyond that, it's just you, your life, your heart, and the soul that wants to unfold through your daily thoughts and words and deeds. It's a great miracle that we're here sharing. And I encourage you to... Find skills that will allow you to open the gifts of your life. And the most important thing for us to remember as contemporary people is that not all gifts can be understood by the wisdom of the mind. And so as we close the show after this next break, we'll talk about opening gifts that can't can't all be understood through the wisdom of the mind. We may not be able to think our way through it. We may be, in essence, deaf, dumb, and blind in the unfolding or unwrapping of a gift. So, welcome back. Uh, please come back for the last section of the show, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you all for joining me here today. We are. This is Why Shamanism Now, and we're talking about unwrapping the gifts that life has to offer us. So, one of the greatest challenges that I see with contemporary people, because in our culture we are trained, by the way our school system works, to focus exclusively on the development of the mind. And there is nothing wrong with the mind. However, the mind is not capable of opening every gift that life has to offer us. It can open some, but it cannot open them all. And it is our over-dependency on our mind and our unwillingness to live from any other wisdom center in our human beingness that keeps us from opening many, many, many of the gifts. I watch people all the time. A friend actually was just commenting this morning as we were having breakfast about how much I watch people. But it's partly because as people move, I can see in the body the opened and the unopened gifts in how people move. And this is one thing to simply enter into. You know, the this, this show is about transformation. I know shamanism isn't for everybody. And so I'm just encouraging everyone to hopefully be inspired, maybe by today's show, to start doing one new thing in your life to move you in your own path of transformation. So the body... The wisdom of the body holds many, many gifts for us, and most people in our contemporary world will never open them. But you could go and learn. There are many, many um, body work techniques that are purely about working with the body to open up the messages, the gifts that the body holds, Alexander technique, um, the dance forms, um, different kinds of movement, five rhythms, Nia, many, 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 many different movements. It's a beautiful book called The Encyclopedia of Body-Mind Techniques. You can look them all up in there. It's from Rosen Publishing, the same publishers of my own encyclopedia. Everyone should have it. It's a wonderful book, a wonderful reference book on all the body-mind techniques out there. Find the one that suits you. Find a good practitioner in your area and do it. Unwrap the gifts your body has to offer you. They're there with you every day. There are many, many gifts that come to us that can only be unwrapped by the heart. Only the wisdom of the heart can understand the craziness of these gifts, and only the heart can unwrap the shadow logic within us that carries some of our deepest, most passionate aspects of ourselves. These aspects of ourselves are absolutely necessary if you are going to live your soul's purpose, absolutely necessary that you gain access to them. And for many of us, the only part of ourselves that can follow the crazy logic path back to our humor, to our sensuality, our sexuality, our passion, our deep power, our great longings, the things that truly move us from our soul, the only wisdom that can follow that path and make any sense out of it is your heart. So if your heart is broken and shut down and you do not know how to talk about it and you are unwilling to be vulnerable there, you can't unwrap those gifts. And for me, this is the greatest gift of shamanism because my helping spirits love me. And they love me when no one else does. And there have been days, let me tell you. There have been months, there have been years where it felt like nobody else loved me. But the helping spirits did. So I could never tell myself I was alone and cave in again to the depression of my early years. After my initiation and my work with spirit, they were relentless about unwrapping the gifts of the heart in my life. And this now is the wisdom of my teaching. But nonetheless, you must be courageous to open the gifts of life. And finally, there are gifts that cannot be opened by anything but your spirit. So much of shamanism is like this. So much of shamanism basically fits in the category of shut up and do it. Because until you do it, there's absolutely no way you can even begin to unwrap it. Now, we had this interesting dynamic in the 60s and the 70s in academia, as people were trying to research things like LSD and holotropic breathwork and all these different things, where basically you couldn't understand it unless you did it, but once you did it, you weren't considered a valid academic anymore. And that's been a real sticky wicket in academia, and part of the reason academia has stumbled over itself. Because you actually have to go do it to understand so much of what life has to offer. You're not going to be able to get it sitting at your computer. Computers are very cool. Internet is very cool. In fact, i got YouTube things. Y'all can just Google me. You can find me on YouTube now. It's very cool. But there is a whole bunch of life, some of the most exquisite things of life, even better than being cherries, that you will never get without your spirit engaged in having an experience you do not understand until it's all over. So all I ask of you as you go forward in this next week is do not hold your life hostage. Do not hold your life hostage and say, I cannot do this until I have that. Do it anyway. Let the wisdoms of your heart and your body and your spirit begin to move you and to begin to long for those gifts that life is offering you. So I have one more poem for you from Hafiz, another Sufi. Poet, tired of speaking sweetly. Love wants to reach out and manhandle us to break up all of our teacup talk of God. If you had the courage and could give the beloved his choice, some nights he would just drag you around the room by your hair, ripping from your grip all of those toys in the world that bring you no joy. Love sometimes gets tired of speaking sweetly and wants to rip to shreds all of your erroneous notions of truth that make you fight within yourself, dear one, and with others, causing the world to weep on too many fine days. God wants to manhandle us, to lock us inside of a tiny room with himself, and to practice his dropkick The Beloved sometimes wants to do us a great favor, hold us upside down and shake all the nonsense out. But when we hear he is in such a playful drunken mood, most everyone I know quickly packs their bags and hightails it out of town. So I encourage you to unpack your bag and stay in the room to reflect on your life to open your heart to those stones you tripped over in your day, to let whatever you consider the beloved to shake all the nonsense out and to open to the gift that life has to offer you. This is the greatest gift of being human. The gift which is the simple fact that it's all here in every moment for us we need simply to gain the skills within ourselves to open the gifts and the courage to do it. Thank you all for joining me this week. Next week, we'll talk about healing and look at the concept of healing from alternative ideas from shamanism. Healing Basically, healing is a transformation from a shamanic perspective, but we'll look at many different ways shamanic cultures look at healing and how that might benefit you as you approach your own life. So if you would please do me a huge favor, if you if you enjoy the show, if you would continue to share the emails about the show, um, there's a Facebook page, become a fan, just continue to spread the word. The bigger the network is around the show, the greater possibility we have of keeping the show on the internet airwaves or whatever we call them for internet radio. You are welcome to get on a mailing list that is just for the show. Just email me at christina at and we're happy to put you on a mailing list that's just for the show. If you want to be on the whole Last Mass Center mailing list to find out about classes and healing that we offer in your area, you need to tell us that because otherwise we're just going to put you on the radio show list. Our website is lastmasscenter.org. It will be under construction for the next couple months, but it's still there for you to look at. And the encyclopedia is available there, too. And again, the book that I mentioned in the show is called The Encyclopedia of Body-Mind Techniques, and it's available through Rosen Publishing. Thank you all for being with me this week, and I hope you're here next week.